What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Oh, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. How is everybody? I'm great. Thank you for asking. Uh, it's been a minute. It's always been a minute, hasn't it? Um, I've been away. I've been I've been gallivanting around Asia, um, or Asia as most people call it. Um, I did a few days in Cambodia. I did a few days in Thailand, um, a few days, a few weeks, um, and it was absolutely fantastic. I, I did take everything with me in terms of podcasting and, 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 and cameras and equipment, but it's been such a long year. I had no motivation to even pick it up. I just wanted to mong out on the beach, and monging I did, and monging I did. Um, but we had a great time. Like I can just briefly go over it. I'm sure you guys are interested not. Um, but we did, we did, we, let's start at the beginning, it took us about 5 billion hours to get there, uh, approximately 23 hours, uh, we flew to Qatar, Doha, and then we flew to Bangkok, spent a night in Bangkok, and then we flew from Bangkok to Siem Reap, which is the northern, like the northern biggest city in, in Cambodia, I think Phnom Penh, Phnom Penh is, is the capital, which is southern, um, and we spent, we spent Five or six days in Siem Reap in in the most beautiful place in the world. It was unbelievable. Kambana residence. It was it was like a little boutique hotel with only like nine rooms in it. Um, we had a really really nice room which was cool, um, but it was just set up so nicely. If any of you guys follow me on Instagram at Josh Bridgman, you'll see how nice the place actually was, um, and it was so cheap as well. Like we, we I think we had literally the second down from the top room. Um, we had like a big bath inside our room, a sit down shower, like a huge, you know, view. Uh, and I think we paid like 340 quid for, for six days between us. So, you know, it was pretty decent. Um, but it was super cheap there. It cost you like $2 to get across the town. It was $2 for everything. Literally, it was $2 for everything. <laughs> Pat die, food, everything was $2. Um, it was really safe felt really really safe you know often traveling in in kind of remote countries or more remote countries thailand's not so bad these days but things like you know cambodia vietnam and and whatnot you i had that impression that i might feel a little bit unsafe because i'm that guy who worries about everything everywhere all the time i'm just i've just got that nature built inside me but actually it was really really safe we went on some amazing trips waterfalls and, and nothing ended up being that expensive you know obviously we spent more because we were doing a lot of things but it didn't end up being that expensive and, and and like you could easily just live there on so little which was cool um we then flew back to Bangkok. Bangkok. we then flew back to bangkok spent another night in bangkok um and then we we flew from from bangkok to krabi and then from krabi which is a province in thailand we got a, uh, a taxi to Koh Lanta, which is an island. Pretty sure Koh actually stands for like, for, for island. So, Atlanta Island, um, which was, it was truly, truly one of the best experiences of my life. Um, I think, I think like when you do these things for yourself, like I pay, like I paid for everything for myself. Obviously, my girlfriend paid for her half and whatnot. But when I, when you've paid for that like luxury hotel, when you've paid for every single thing that you're doing it's so much sweeter than like when your parents do it you know like I was very very fortunate when I was young I went on a lot of holidays it was just me like I'm an only child and then if you've got two parents both earning you know say you know 40 to to 70,000 pound each um, I, 
roughly, I can't remember what my dad had back in the day. Uh, like, that's a pretty good household income, you know, for just three people. Um, obviously, where I live, it's not crazy expensive either. It's just the West Country. So what you can get for £700 a month here is tenfold better than what you can get for £700 a month in London, if you can even get anything for £700 a month in London. So uh, we live pretty good. Like, we went on a lot of holidays. So, like, I, I've experienced a lot in my life, but nothing felt as good as when you do it yourself for yourself and my, me and my girlfriend are both you know worked so hard this year that we wanted to put everything into this trip and we did so we lived in we lived we, we stayed in this most amazing hotel it was called moonlight exotic bay had the most amazing views we had the most amazing sunset villa room we had a jacuzzi outside our room um it still wasn't crazy expensive we'll go through the prices later on in this and stuff because i've got a question question about it um but it was just unbelievable, you know, that time together just to, to truly switch off and to truly just be with each other was was priceless because we'd had such a long year. And for those of you guys that don't know, like I don't live with my with my girlfriend, I actually live two hours away. And obviously I still live with my mum on one side and then I come and stay with her on the other side. But then she works, you know, she gets up from 5 a.m. in the morning, she comes back at 7 8 p.m. sometimes in the evening so we really only get a couple hours in the evening and then weekends so we d we've not had like real time together in so so long and it was just amazing to do that so Colanta, like we went to animal welfare place which was truly heartbreaking but also massively fulfilling as well um kind of ignited somewhat of a passion to kind of give back this 2020 um so that's definitely spurred on a huge goal for me um animal welfare center it was unbelievable it was such a nice experience went some amazing beaches we ate some amazing food i don't think we had one bad meal the entire trip uh which was amazing uh literally thai food every single day is my favorite food in the world you know i was living in a paradise i was living in a, in a dream world for literally 15 16 days we then flew back from Krabi to bangkok spent one more night in bangkok so we went for we actually found a michelin star restaurant which didn't end up being crazy expensive it was about 70 quid in the end um but for like two people we kind of ordered whatever we wanted we had a few cocktails but it was a michelin star restaurant we just thought fuck it let's go on a bang um and then we, we we did the 22 hour journey home and i've been home now for about three four days so it took me a little bit of time to get out over the jet lag i think today is probably my first day when i've somewhat been over the jet lag but i'm still not 100 percent there just yet so um but it was amazing guys like i i, I love traveling you know i think i feel like I, feel, I genuinely feel like the main negative of taking steroids and being on TRT is the frequency of injection and the fact that I can't go away for more than like two weeks. Like I was bombed out on testosterone and estrogen come the last couple of days because obviously I did one jab before I left. I didn't want to take any, any jabs with me because Cambodia, they actually had pretty pretty harsh laws on, on TRT and, and if, you, if you don't have a prescription and stuff, which I couldn't get because I'm not technically on that. I'm self-administering, so... You know, that's the most annoying thing is that I can't go away for like a month at a time, you know. And like when I start my blast and I need to jab three times a week, I can't even go away for those 16 weeks or whatever, which is kind of frustrating because traveling is my most favorite thing in the world. That's probably the only negative, by the way, for me at the moment. But, um, you know, this this whole trip reignited my passion for, for traveling, reignited my passion for giving, reignited my passion for experience with my girlfriend and reignited my passion for my business and and m motivating myself towards more bodybuilding again because I had two weeks completely off I didn't count a single macro I didn't train I trained three I trained four times in the second week 
and it was really, really reduced volume. I literally did one or two sets and then left. Um, I didn't count my heart rate. I didn't do my HRV, my blood pressure, and it was absolutely fantastic. But I came back motivated and ready to take on the world. Um, so that is, in fact, what I'm going to do. Um, the hoodies were amazing. If any of you guys missed out on the hoodies, um, there will be a restock very, very soon. I'm just trying to find out the final date. But the 1MR hoodies, the 1MR movement is here. Uh, we sold out extremely quickly and it kind of blew me away. Uh, I kind of set it up really, really nicely. I set it up so that they dropped like the two days after I got there. So I was on the beach, <laughs> literally on the beach when they were dropping and, and the money was kind of coming through and I was getting these people tag me in their orders and tag me in their, you know, when they even when they received them because people were receiving the hoodies before I even got home. So seeing the people um wear my hoodies before i got home was just unbelievable and, and it really just drummed home that this is a movement here to stay and it's a movement here to to really really push because it's what i want to do it's just what i want to live for so um one mr is here there is plenty more things coming in the new year i want at least four drops of something in the new year in 2020 um i had two this year I had hoodies at the beginning of the year hoodies at the end of the year i've already got uh, two lots of stock ready for the January, um, not hoodies, there's something else I've got planned, I've inquiring about something else right now, and I've got two other items that I'll be dropping, so I've got plenty of things that are going to be dropping in the new year, this is what I want to build, this is my future, and I want to I want to take it there, so I put out some questions for you guys, um, I thought just kind of start back in with a little update of where I've been, what, what's been happening, and then kind of getting some questions for you guys, and then and then just go from there because it's been a little hot minute since I've been on a podcast, so I'm probably feeling a little bit rusty. Um, my brain is still not firing at a hundred percent. I haven't even got a coffee for for myself to slurp on because I pound it down about twenty minutes before this podcast, and I'm just waiting for it to kick in right now, but. It's not happening yet. We're 10 minutes in. So <laughs> uh, let's get into some questions, guys. Like uh, these are random ones. They're not all about bodybuilding. Um, in fact, I can't see many about bodybuilding. So I hope you guys enjoyed this type of question. Uh, but the first question is best rave festival that I've ever been to. Now, I think the best one I've ever been to was Park Life. I did the two day there. It was unbelievable um, for many, many reasons. You guys have heard the Park Life story of when I took mushrooms in the queue and then got kicked out. Um, and then had to go back in absolutely fueled on, on drugs that shall not be named um, because I didn't want to get caught again. Um, and then finding my friends while I was peeking on said drugs was just the most unbelievable feeling I've ever had in my life. Uh, the music was banging. It was the first rave or festival that I'd ever really been to. So that was why it was so special in my head. But actually, um, me and my girlfriend went to... Um, Oh, what was it even called? It was some. It was on the airfield. I can't believe I can't remember this. This was just a, a couple of weeks after my competition, competing about ten weeks ago. Um, it was up near up near York. No, it wasn't up near York. Up near Leeds. Um, some festival. I can't remember what the festival was called, but it was amazing. Like it was on an airfield. It was just me and her, and we were absolutely smashed. And we had like the best night all night until I threw up in the evening. But it was such a good time as well. So that was probably my close. They're probably tied because just for different reasons. Both were bad and good and for very, very good reasons. But I appreciate a festival and a rave way more now because I understand the music. Whereas when I went to Park Life, I didn't even listen to that music. I just got told to go and I went. So, um, 
this guy is moving country or he wants to ask about moving country for your job and leaving your girlfriend behind now this is a really really hard question and i don't necessarily know how to tackle it off the bat so i'm kind of just going to come at it with with how i feel you've got to weigh up like what that job's going to bring to your life and potentially what it's going to bring to your girlfriend's life for example if it's a fucking good job and you get a load of money you can just fly her out do you know what i mean and or you can guys can go fly around the world and have the most amazing experiences i've had long distance relationships i kind of have one now to to a certain extent it's definitely not as um like i I now have the ability to just to get up and go when i when i miss my girlfriend so that's really really nice but when it's in a position where you can't see the girlfriend because for whatever reason to a certain extent i still have that because there's there's reasons why we can't see each other in the in the week and whatnot sometimes um like they can work they they really really can work but it's up to you guys to do your due diligence to kind of make it work because it's really really easy to forget each other and that might sound really fucking horrible but when you're really really busy and she's really really busy and you don't necessarily look at your phone the whole time like it's not that you forget about them it's it's just that you're thinking about other things and then when that connection it will start to weaken over time it has to be up to you guys to make that strong and that's something that actually that actually i probably didn't do that well with my girlfriend um it probably works two ways but i'll probably take more of the blame um like because i'm at home now in in gloucestershire and, and my girlfriend's at work and she works all day she doesn't have the she literally doesn't have the time to be messaging me all the time even though we do message quite a lot um and then like for me like i just get zoned into my work and then sometimes i look at my phone and i'm like oh fuck i need to message my girlfriend but that shouldn't be like that it should be like no i want to tell my girlfriend this i want to talk to her this you know and you need to make time to facetime and get that face contact time and make a, an actual effort to see her you know in the flesh or on, on the screen as such or at least talk to her on the phone you know multiple times per week because as soon as that slips down your list and you say oh i've got this on oh i've got that on whether you like it or not that that connection can fade can fade you know um, and will fade if you don't put the effort into it so that's something that i've kind of put more effort into um it's just trying to if something happens in my business like i'm figuring out some orders i would just let her know that because that's something that she'd be interested in so then we can have a little bit of a conversation so i try and conversate with her a lot more um we we need to try and facetime a lot more because i miss her goddamn face um but you know you've got to weigh up the pros and cons of what that job is going to bring you what you're going to lose leaving and then which way does the balance scale you know way which way does it going is it going towards leaving and you can still manage things and you know you're both confident you can keep things going is the money going to be good enough for you to guys to go there um is she going to enjoy coming out every now and again you know you got to weigh up all those things and then and, and, and make your decision accordingly but it's not going to be an easy one it's not going to be an easy one but it's going to be one that will define your life and it's going to be one that will ultimately make you a stronger person because it's not going to be easy so anything that isn't easy anything that can potentially knock you down is only going to make you stronger um thoughts on guzman taking a year out to improve his physique um i'm gonna say this honestly i don't think he should do that i think that him getting shredded him doing summer shredding is much better for his business than him being a better men's physique competitor because he's never going to be a men's physique competitor he doesn't i don't think he has the aspirations to do that and i think if he did he still couldn't do it unless he takes steroids and there's no need for him to take steroids whatsoever because he, like his business doesn't rely on it he's already a multi-millionaire he's got everything he ever needs 
uh, he should just be focused on the things that he wants to do. And I think he's much more interested in business from the outside as a viewer looking in. Um, yes, if he wanted to improve his physique, he should take a year out. He should take two years out, in fact, because he's looked very, very similar the last few years. Yes, he has progressed because he's got great genetics um, and he's got the right principles to a certain extent, like of of where he needs to go with his physique. He needs to get stronger. You know, he's always had these goals. I want a one, I want a 315 bench for 10 or whatever it is. So he's always had that overarching goal of I want to get stronger. So he will inevitably improve. Also, when you diet each time, you get better at dieting, you get better at managing your stress. So, of course, you lose less muscle. So the improvements he can make are definitely there. But you don't like when he's at that, when you're at that level that he is, where you've been tra training for, you know, a decade, the, 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 the gains are very, very far and few, to, few between, you know, and you need to put in the time um, to make the big improvements. But personally, for business, for his whole outlook, you know, his YouTube, Instagram is much better for him to do the, the constant summer shredding, to be honest. So. Um, especially when I would argue even with steroids, he, he wouldn't be able to do that well in men's physique. And that's that's just me speaking honestly. And that's not me saying that I'm going to do very well. That's just me saying that him as a person probably wouldn't do that well even with steroids. He would look fucking awesome. He would look amazing. But I don't know whether he's got the physique for it personally. He just looks sick when he shredded. Um, building mental resilience. How do you build mental resilience? Well, much like the, the question before about moving a country, moving from a country and leaving your girlfriend... Things that challenge you, things that challenge your mental resilience are going to make it stronger. It's like a muscle, you know, how do you make a muscle stronger? You've got to challenge that muscle. You've got to challenge that mental resilience. You've got to go through hardship. You've got to experience things that you didn't think you could experience before. You've got to get knocked down nine times. You've got to get up ten. And it's about going through that motion of facing something that, that that maybe mentally torments you maybe mentally pushes you over the edge maybe it just tickles you you know but those little things will lead to a stronger mental resilience um and i think just uh an overarching need for your goal will build more mental resilience than a lot of things as well like so for me i'd never really i've never really been through anything it's really really fucking hard uh that kind of completely overshadows bodybuilding if you know what i mean so for example i've not had people very 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 close to me die that's pretty savage um i've not had anyone get really 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 ill um obviously i don't have any grandparents but i was never really really close to them um like i've never had a real true hardship what i would consider like a like a life-changing hardship I've, uh, my parents have been divorced so potentially that that impacted me a lot when i was younger when i didn't really have a co co i didn't really comprehend it that well um but i've never had anything while i've been in my adult life that's gone oh my god like my life's about to turn upside down you know but my goal is so fucking big that when i did go into a prep and it was the hardest thing i ever did and like don't let me don't get me wrong i'm not trying to compare a prep to you know something some massive hardship but it's really fucking hard like not everyone can do it but my goal was so big that it didn't matter what i actually got faced with you know like you like while 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 my my dad is obviously pretty ill um and, and has had a spinal issue for me that was never like a it was never like a life-defining moment where i was like oh my god this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me because it wasn't happening to me 
it was happening to my dad and yes inadvertently it's happening to me but for me I was just like look how strong he is you know that's the only thing that I got out of it was like look how strong he is he's still positive like I remember being in the hospital when he literally couldn't move and he was wasting away and he was the one trying to bring up his wife you know like he was the one who was who was the positive in the room you know so for me that was never a hardship for me I think what would be really hard is if you know my parents were suffering and they were really like giving up that would be that that would be the hardship for me but when I got my dad there like he's always been a positive dude so um like that's probably the only hard that's probably the hardest thing that I've, I've 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 had i've had happen in my life but i don't necessarily that 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 kind of overtook what my goal was you know um it just kind of brought a few things home for me but if you've got a big enough goal if you've been through some hardships that's what's going to build mental resilience there's no two ways about it uh cost breakdown of thailand um and and cambodia so we actually saved a lot of money um because we booked this in february uh yeah the february february that this year so we booked it you know 10 months in advance so we saved a lot of money so we paid like 500 pound to get to bangkok return um which is pretty good i think normally they're like six seven hundred we paid a hundred pound to steam reap return which is pretty good 50 pound each way um and then we paid like a hundred pound to um crabby return so 700 pound in flights which included six flights like that's 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 pretty good to be honest i think in fact more than six flights because it was to doha to bangkok to seam reap back to bangkok to crabby back to bangkok to doha like it was eight flights in the end for for 700 quid like that's that's pretty good um and like we booked it in february so i forgot about that money which is the best thing you know do things early so you forget about the money um the hotel in 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 uh in cambodia like i said earlier was about 350 quid between us so 175 pound so that's now 825 um in all inclusive of everything um and then the place in in colanta was a little bit more expensive it was 900 pound for eight days between us so we did 450 so 450 each so then we're up to 875 nine seven five one seven five so up to twelve thirty like thirteen hundred pound um for everything including flights accommodation um and then we probably then and then we put about seven hundred pound each onto a bonzo card so then two grand like we spent about four grand in total between us so about two thousand pound each um and we did we did absolutely everything and anything we wanted so it probably it's probably quite a lot of money, but you know if we take away the thirteen hundred, like we spent we spent three hundred and fifty pound each a week, and like bearing in mind how much I eat, like I was ordering f- like four mains, two starters, as many drinks. So we had cocktails like like half of the nights we had cocktails, which are like the most expensive thing that you can get on on these islands. So we live like literally we got whatever we wanted whenever we wanted, and it was two thousand pounds for for two weeks which I think is is not too bad, so that's about it. I don't know if, Amy, I'm sorry if you don't want me to say that. Apologies. Uh, the science behind D-handles and bands. So there's no science behind it. It's literally entirely about biomechanics. Is that a science? Is biomechanics a science? I don't know. Maybe. Um, it's literally down to biomechanics, so it just allows a reduction in joint pressure. It allows m- muscles to move a little bit more freely and kind of how they would naturally. If you think that actually... Um, like if you if you if you grab 
a bar that's fixed straight across for a lat pull down. Like that's not how a lat works. It doesn't it doesn't pull down with your elbows out. It actually pulls down with your elbows forward. So just sticking a D handle on just allows you to do that. Everyone has different degrees of external and internal fl uh, rotation. So a D handle just allows you to, to do the rotation that you specifically need versus, uh, you know, f like me or you. You know, we have different degrees of rotation. So it just allows you to do it specifically to you. Bands, they just match resistance profiles um, and, and strength profiles of, of the machine to the muscle. I've been over that a few times. Um, just, just check... Um, uh, one of my latest Instagram posts if you don't know about the resistance profiles and strength profiles or if you want me to go into it a bit more depth I have done before um, then just 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 drop me a message on Instagram and, I, and I'll do that for sure um, cool I think that's pretty much it like there's there's no, it's, there's no science about it it just allows things to move more freely and more natural that's pretty much it um, coming from a football rugby background do I ever have a kick about like five a side for example I don't I don't I cannot move like that anymore um, I, I often get the irk to play rugby because I feel like I'm so strong now I could just fucking slap people but for one I know I would get injured because I haven't sprinted in a very long time and I don't want to get injured for bodybuilding for two it's probably not fair because I use steroids do you know what I mean like I don't want to just I don't want to end up snapping some old dude because I'm not going to have to play for a high team right like a really good team I'm only going to have to play for a local team I don't want to end up snapping some 50 year old who's been playing for ages and I'm like 2026 20, in my prime strong as fuck like i don't want to rip someone in half um also don't want to fight anyone either plus the main thing is the injury like the main thing is the injury i don't want to get injured uh five aside i'm not fit enough for that shit um potentially when i get leaner potentially i'm potentially you know what when i when i stop bodybuilding and i'm more functional for sure uh what's better for growth bulk cut bulk or a long bulk uh so this is gonna this is going to this is going to be individual to a certain extent. Now, I know the person that, that, that said this. Um, and I think for you, personally, you've got, like, I, I don't I don't know. It's, it's difficult, right? So I've, I, for me to answer this question, I need so many variables answered. For example, how long have you been in a surplus? How much food are you eating? Are you, are you counting your macros? Are you counting... Uh, your training are you optimizing your sleep are you thinking about your recovery and if you're thinking about all of those things and you're optimizing your recovery you're counting your nutrition your weight is moving in a positive direction you look pretty decent um, specifically to this person they look pretty decent um, or not specifically to this person are you you know are you still holding your body fat all right then you just want to push a bulk for as long as you physically can um, until potentially you cannot eat anymore. You, you're just not hungry anymore. Potentially that you've gained a little bit too much body fat. Have you lost shape? Which is the most, I think, probably the most important thing because you can gain body fat, but as long as you keep your shape you know, and the flow of the body, then I think you're fine. Uh, specifically to this person, you've, you've still got pretty good shape. Um, but when you notice those fatty deposits kind of come around the belly button, around the hips a little bit more, uh, appetite starts to dwindle uh, ultimately if you can't eat you can't grow so if those things start to dwindle then you'd look to pull back um, but the overarching question is do you still want to gain more muscle if the answer is yes the answer is you want to be in a surplus for as long a period of time as you can that doesn't mean that you can't go through you know little three to six week mini cuts because that's still 
a lot of time spent in the surplus, but you're just spending that time shifting body fat. Um, but it's gonna, it's like you know, some people really, really respond well to cutting, cutting back, pushing up, cutting back, pushing up. For example, revive stronger, um, and and those guys, they're big advocates of pushing up and pulling back, pushing up and pulling back, and and it really, really works for them. They they all, they all, you know, all the guys around, you know, the the Renaissance period, periodization, Mike Isretail, Jared Feather, Steve, you know, big Steve from Revive Stronger, like. The, they react so well to it and they look amazing because of it. And the gains of these guys have, you know, so the flow, for example, they'll push up to, let's say, 200 pounds, they'll pull down to 190, but then the next time they come up to 200 pounds, they look significantly better. And the next time they pull down to 190, they look significantly better because of the consistent push ups and pull downs and maintenance of volume and stuff and whatnot. So ultimately, I think it's down to you, but um, the longer, the better. The longer you can bulk, um, the, be the better it will be. I think uh, we'll leave it at that. We're closing in a half an hour, so I think uh, I think that's enough for a little bit of a reintroduction to podcast, don't you? Um, let's finish off uh, with story time. Now, I I, I I remembered this as as I was talking to my friend Mike Diamonds because he's going to Brazil, and it maybe reminded me of the time that I went to Brazil when I was I think I was seventeen. And I had this awful fake ID that told me I was 19 and it was literally printed on wrong. It wasn't, it was supposed to be a British passport, but it was literally, no, sorry, it's supposed to be a British driving license, but it just wasn't a British driving license. It said like national identity card, which is not a thing. Uh, and it was printed on wrong. Um, and, and I was with him and, and he said, oh, let's go out for a drink. Um, and I'm like, oh, I've only got this fake ID. He goes, oh, you're in Brazil. I'll be fine. So... We're on. A, it's a Sunday. Um, it's with my friend. He he's Brazilian, so uh, Guilherme. Uh, I won't tell you his full name in case he gets in trouble for this. But um, we were we were in San Paulo, um, and and we'd spent a few few days there. I think we'd been there for about a week or so, and then we we decided we want to go to Rio. So we drove to Rio. Uh, it took like seven hours, eight hours or something to get to Rio, which is crazy. Uh, we got there on a Saturday night, had some food, chilled, and then on the Sunday we we kind of didn't know what to do, so. Um, we'd spent the whole day with our family and whatnot. He goes, okay, let's go for a drink. But it's Sunday night, and, and for some reason, nothing was open. So we Googled and Googled and Googled to find a club that was open. We only found one club that was open um, called Le Boy. Um, so we got in a cab. We, we went over to Le Boy. And we came, we could go through the front door. We waited outside, and they asked me for my ID. I'm in a, I think I'm in like a pink polo. And like some horrible chino shorts and some smart shoes. That typical like, I'm 17 years old trying to look old kind of vibe. Um, and they get to the door and the guy goes ID in Brazilian or whatever. And, he and then my friend tells me to get my ID out. So I give it to him. He just looks at it and, and, and lets me through it. And all of my anxiety just breathes out. And I'm like, oh, thank God. So we're on a bit of a buzz. Uh, we go through. We get to the door and the guy says something in Brazilian to my, to my friend, obviously. Uh, and and in, in in translation, he goes, "Oh, this is a a club for boys," and I'm like, "What do you mean?" Like, I'm I'm confused. And then I look up and I see this mannequin with a <laughs> with a fucking like see through leather jacket on, with like chains around his neck and a dildo strapped to his fucking head. And I'm just like, "Oh right, <laughs> one of them ones." Because I'm just so like nervous. There's people behind me. There's people in front of us, uh, and and there's nowhere else open. And I, and he's just like, "What should we do?" I'm like, "Should we just go in?" 
and then so we we paid the entry fee which is actually pretty expensive i remember i can't remember off the top of my head but i remember it being expensive because i remember thinking about it so we walk in and i'm just like i'm here with my friend and i'm thinking okay so everyone now thinks we're gay that's fine i'm not worried about that i have never been looked at like a piece of meat so much as as, as this night like i've met gay guys before in clubs I've, I've i've had gay guys come up to me in clubs and you know nine times out of ten people are really really respectful even on even on uh instagram like i get i get a few like disgusting messages from from uh from people who are gay and and and, and i think who the f- why would you ever talk to anyone like that you know let alone someone you're trying to like hit on or whatever but i'm fine with that uh, i get some people who are really really respectful as well so nine times out of ten people are very very respectful but in this club my god i had so much brazilian abuse from these people trying to hit on me because i was clearly like the white ginger skinny dude that everyone wanted to dominate apparently <laughs> um and i was with my friend and 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 we were there for literally like two drinks and then i just got extremely uncomfortable being 17 years old like if it was now i could laugh it off and be like ah, this is whatever and i could just say no and and just like joke around with these people but i was 17 i was really intimidated i was in a country i didn't know i was in a capital city i didn't know um in it and speaking a language i didn't know and these people were like coming up to me whispering sweet nothings in portuguese to me um anyway we see there's a there's a club next door called la girl and we're like oh fucking great let's go into la girl and there's like a, a walkway that connects it um because there was a few girls that were in there um but they were i think they were i'm pretty sure they were clearly lesbian at the time um or just looked really old and intimidating. You know, like, if you're 17 years old and you see someone who's, like, 23, 24, like, that's intimidating for you. So I wasn't really in the position to kind of flirt with any girls or anything. Um, but we go up to the, the walkway where it says, look, girl, and one side is literally blue, the other side is pink. Uh, first of all, let's go. Why Why did we not know that le boy was for boys, for fuck's sake? Le boy in French, the boy. Like, okay, and le girl was next to it, for fuck's sake. The naivety is shining through here. So we walk through the walkway, it's all pink, we go in and everyone is a girl. And I'm thinking, why are we even in here? And every single girl is just looking at us like funnily, like why are you even doing it in here? Because there was no boys in there. There were girls in the boy, but no boys in the girl, which was really, really strange. So anyway, it got really, really awkward. We came out, we left, we got into a cab. And I'm like, we need to find some girls because I'm drunk at this point. I've had a few drinks. So I say to the cab, I'm like, take us to where the girls are. Uh, we didn't mean to come into La Boy or whatever. And my friend translates it. And the taxi driver is howling in laughter because we didn't understand it was a gay club. Um, anyway, my friend translates to me. He goes, oh, can you just take us to where some girls are? And I'm like, why would a 17 and 19-year-old get into a, a random taxi driver in Rio de Janeiro and say, take us to where girls are? Like, I, there are so many flaws in this story already that I just have no idea what the fuck I was thinking back then. Redonkulous. Anyway, we end up at a strip club. So, <laughs> um, we end up going down to this, like, dungeon-looking, like, just dungeon-looking room. And I'm like, oh, my God, here we fucking go. We climb, like, down these stairs. I'm, like, I'm like proper nervous again, realizing that I've got to get my, my, uh, my ID out again. We go in and we can see like a few girls walking around giving people drinks. It's pretty empty, which is kind of nice. I didn't really want like a full. Actually, is that kind of nice? In hindsight, it probably could have got smashed and robbed, but it was kind of it was kind of a nice vibe. So I wasn't like, oh my god, this is a horrible place. But I was like, oh my god, I'm about to get my ID taken again. I get my ID out, 
give it to the dude and he like gets this like uv light out and like uvs it i'm like this is not gonna have any fucking this is literally out of a printer like there's no way this is gonna have some uv strip anyway he takes it out he uvs it and then he goes okay uh i'll be back or some something like that or maybe even said it in brazilian to be honest this is a when i was 17 so it's a few years back now nearly a decade jesus in fact it would be a decade to the like we went on the 19th i think and we came back in the new year so literally it's almost a decade to the to the day uh and he just like disappears upstairs and i'm like ah oh, fuck bro like this is it like this is a fake id he's like no no it's fine it's fine i'm like oh man he's like gone upstairs anyway he comes down with just like a a piece of paper i'm like oh, here we go i can't see my card in his hand and he goes okay thank you you can have id back when you leave and i'm just like but they've done that to my brazilian friend as well so i was like what like we're in yeah. so yeah we're in which is unbelievable after he uv'd my uh, id card and there was like a minimum spend of like something ridiculous like a hundred dollars so we had to have like a hundred dollars worth of drinks before we were allowed to leave and i'm like i'm not about to argue with some rear man when i'm 15 uh, sorry when i'm 17 and skinny like proper proper skinny so we're there just drinking these drinks like super out of place don't know what to talk about because we've just got naked girls walking around us like what do you talk about when there's like naked girls dancing around you and from my recollection none of them were like oh my god this girl's unbelievable they were just like very very average girls who are naked um i mean what do you expect on a sunday night um being 17 super naive like super like anxious that you're in this place where there's like loads of people dancing around that you don't know next to next to <laughs> next to another like your friend and he's also feeling pretty naive and young and you're both just like okay let's just have a few drinks so we get a bit drunk we managed to talk to a few girls and, and it's literally just ended up being one of the wildest nights of my life. Just drinking till like 5am in the morning, getting dances off these Brazilian strippers. I ended up spending so much money and my mum gave me like, my mum gave me a card actually. Um, I don't know. I, I think I, I th I'm so sure I took cash out because I didn't want the strip club to come up on, on her on her card. So I took out like a load of cash. And I ended up telling her how much I spent. She goes, what? What did you do? I was like, oh, we had the best night. She's like, okay, fine. Um, and that was the time I ended up in a Brazilian strip club after being in a gay club for a couple of hours, after being nearly molested by 100 gay men for being a tall, white, lanky, ginger guy. Um, it was the most intimidating, anxious, full, but exciting night of my life, I think. <laughs> um, and it was, it was, I didn't end up do, doing anything crazy, like with the, with the strippers or anything. I mean, I was only 17, so I was still pretty... Uh, I was still pretty um, scared at the time, but that's a little bit of story time for you. That's, a, that's a, another memory from the bank. I'm sure there'll be more that pop up soon. If you've not heard any of the uh, that heard any of these stories before, please go back and check some. They are absolutely wild. I've got a collection of stories that I've, I've had over the years that have been mental, but um, I hope you guys enjoyed this, guys. I am back for business. I hope you guys are well. Peace and love. See you soon.